to 7th Street Christian Church. I know we have not had our prelude yet this morning, but I want to take a moment to introduce Ethan Thompson um, and welcome him as a guest in our space this morning. He will be offering the prelude on harp. Um, Ethan is the recipient of a Bon Air Christian Church harp scholarship. Um, and so we are so grateful for him to be here and to offer his gifts with us this morning. So I will make a few more announcements following the prelude, but Ethan, thank you so much for being here. We're glad to have you and your dad around. Ethan, thank you so much again for sharing with us this morning. We're always so grateful when a Green Spring student comes and shares with us today. So thanks for being here. Good morning. And welcome to Seventh Street Christian Church. We are glad to be together on this rainy Sunday morning. We need the rain, don't we? Our plants, our earth. Um, all of God's beloved creatures, we need the rain. Um, but thank you. I know it is also hard to get up and to get moving when it feels like this on a Sunday morning. So thank you for being here. As you might be able to tell, Pastor Holly is absent this morning. She is currently in North Carolina celebrating a beloved friend's wedding. Um, so we send her traveling mercies today as she makes her way back to Richmond after a weekend of celebration. 
Today, we give thanks for an Anderson collaboration. It is quite the day. We have Sarah sharing as our worship leader um, and a special guest musician. We have Reverend Mark bringing the word and presiding at communion. And then we have Chris as well, who will be sharing her gift of music and piano later in the service. Anderson family, thank you so much for your collaboration today. Um, today, we also want to lift up and hold Betty Butterworth in our prayers. Betty will be having a medical procedure done later this week on Thursday morning, and she would just love us to send her light and love and safety and wisdom to the hands of the doctors, all of those things. So, Betty, we hold you in prayer as you enter this week, and especially on Thursday morning. Today is a Wandering Through Worship Sunday. Schumachers, you'll join me in Wandering Through Worship <laughs> um, during the passing of the peace, and then we will return, and we will uh, assist Reverend Mark um, in sharing with communion, and we will be serving communion today, so we're looking forward to that as well. Any other announcements for the good of the group this morning, for the good of our community? Seeing none, we will move into our gathering song. This morning's gathering song is likely somewhat familiar. We'll be singing, We Are Walking in the Light of God. It is on page 442 of your hymnals, if you would like to follow along. The only words you need to know are, We are walking in the light of God. Um, we will sing it several times through. I'll take a cue from... Gerald when we should finish, but I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and even in motion if you find yourself marching or walking along. There should be some musical instruments in your pews if you can find one. Feel free to shake it and play it. Let us make a joyful noise together. Let's walk around if you feel led by the Spirit. Move about in this space. We are walking in the light of God. 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 We are walking. We are walking. That was almost like a, a prelude to our passing of the peace. Um, maybe we will learn the Swahili for that one day. Thank you. Good morning. Please join me in the call to worship. Some of us wonder what this faith is all about. And come hoping to learn new 
some of us come with confidence in what we have learned. We all come seeking connection, learning from one another and from the word of scripture. Write sacred texts on our hearts. You welcome us into question. Meet us here and equip us for every good work. Long as desire to learn your ways of justice and joy. For this purpose we gather a whole one. Please join in our opening hymn, Morning is Broken, on page number 53. Join me in the confession. God of steadfast love, we confess that we are weary and worn down. The journey for justice is long, winding, and uphill. We strive for basic human decency and rights and cannot fathom why others hold on to power and privilege in ways that harm others. We are tired, oh God. Tired of the journey, tired of the struggle, but you are the God of steadfast love, a love that never ceases, a love that renews and restores us. Renew us, O oh God. Renew the path of justice, God. Grant us strength and courage to keep on. Give us endurance for the journey that we would not stop seeking justice for all, for only then will we know peace. In the name of Christ, who did not give up even unto death, and calls us by name into the way of life, we pray. Amen. Christ urges us on, calling us to speak truth to power, to work for justice for all. We do not journey alone. God has given us one another. Know that you matter to God. Know that you are loved. Know that your work in this world for justice is valued. Lean on one another and grant each other rest, knowing that your love for one another is inspired by your love for God. 
and you will see this through. God is with you now and always. Amen. Now at peace with God, let us offer the peace of Christ to one another. You may be seated. Our first reading this morning comes from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. But as for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. The word of the Lord. How we doing? Oh, good. <laughs> I wasn't going to have this thing turned on before I went into the bathroom, that's for sure. <laughs> Too much information. Good morning. Good morning. He's back. And the weather is to whoever's praying for rain, please stop. Is it my turn? Okay. Just making sure. Oh, like I said, it's been a long time. It's good to see you. We've been gone for a while. 
Um, I preached at the UCC church near us on the 22nd of last month. The week after that, Chris and I were in Halifax, Nova Scotia for six days. And uh, since then, last week I had a, we came home and decided to rest up after the vacation. Then last week I was at the uh, dock in a box because I had this bad cold and didn't want to get pneumonia again. But we're all doing better now. And thank goodness we're here this morning and so good to see you all. Uh, Darren, good to see you, sir. Let's see, what do we got? Oh, the, the, the scripture, yes. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. I'm not reading from your conventional Bible this morning, can you tell? This is a work by a gentleman named Clarence Jordan, whose nephew Hamilton Jordan was a member of the staff for a President Jimmy Carter, who with his wife are celebrating 70, 73 years of marriage or something wonderful like that. I once asked a gentleman who'd been married for 53 years how you stay married to the same woman for that many years, and he said the first 50 years are, 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 are the toughest. After that, it's all downhill. So, at any rate, and... Uh, it's written by Clarence Jordan, who knew Jimmy Carter. They were friends for years, years ago. And Clarence is one of the people, the main, one of the main people responsible for Habitat for Humanity. And he was a Baptist minister. Don't hold that against him. He wasn't your conventional Baptist minister like we hear on TV all the time. He, we, he was far from it. And he was also a Greek scholar who translated from the, read his scriptures from the Greek every week. Every time he read scripture, he read it straight from the Greek, and that way he gave you a fresh translation. Well, this is a translation he decided to write down in the southern vernacular. You've probably heard it before. Cotton patch version of the Bible. This is Acts, and, and, uh, or Luke and Acts today in particular. He writes, He told them a comparison to show that they should keep on praying and not give up. One time in a certain city there was a judge who didn't believe in God and didn't give a hoot about people. In the same city was a widow and she came to him repeatedly and said, please hear my case against so and so. He put her off for a long, long time but finally he said to himself, even though I don't believe in God and I don't give a hoot for people, yet because this woman has got it in for me, I'll hear her case before she finally nags me to death. The master said, listen to what this wicked judge is saying. How much more readily will God have compassion on and hear the case of his special workers who are in contact with him night and day. I tell you, he'll hear their case at once, but will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns and confronts it? This is the word of God, believe it, for it is true, and the challenges are there. And the message is real. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Washed my guitar in hot water and it shrunk. Whisper, whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. We had a wonderful time in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Beautiful place. It's on a hill, don't you know? And I have two of the most remarkable knees God ever gave to anybody. 
and didn't take care of them at all, so they're even more remarkable today that I can even use them. But anyway, that's my assessment. No doctor's ever told me anything of the kind. And I keep getting warned at home, you're going to have to get those taken care of someday. And I'm there, yeah, someday's a long way off. But anyway, you have to walk uphill, which is not a really a problem as much as you'd think until you try to come back down that hill. And so we had a marvelous time anyway. One of the best things we came upon was this great bus ride where you pay one price and all day long you get to ride all over Halifax. And it is a beautiful town. And you find out where all the restaurants are and where all the, where all the shopping places are. And you find out where all the historical parts are and all the churches and all the uh, historic buildings and the old courthouse and the statues and everything. It's just a fabulous, fabulous ride. It does cost you one price and you get to ride all day long and they've got special stops for you to stop along the way. And while we were riding, Chris and I were riding around on town, we, or the town we uh, met, came upon this lady who was getting on the bus. And when she got on the bus, right before us, she's standing outside, our sweet tour guide, one of the nicest people up there are fabulous. They, 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 they know what we go through down here and they're just so nice to Americans. Anyway, this lady, said, this lady just was given this poor tour guide the worst time complaining about everything. Well, you didn't come to that stop when you were supposed to. We stood here and waited for 20 minutes, and it says you come by every 10 minutes. I don't know about you folks, but I know full good and well that a town that's as busy as, a, as Halifax, Nova Scotia has a lot of traffic. I've seen it. Just be like trying to get a bus to come by at a specific time in downtown Richmond. You think that's going to happen? No. But here's this lady just griping away. She's got her husband some, and uh, two other couples, some friends that are with them on this wonderful excursion. They're probably from the boat. They had two uh, big liners with all uh, one of these cruises that, that stopped by. And they, the cruising people were all over the place just having a grand old time except for this one woman. And she just griped and griped and griped and griped and griped and griped. Remember the movie, The Ugly American? I met, her sis I met his sister. This lady was nasty. I mean mean. And this poor tour guide, Chris and I apologized to her for the whole country saying, we're not like that. She said, I know. We get one of these every so often. The husband was really fun. He's standing there off to the side with a look on his face like, oh God, she's at it again. I walked up to him, I said, you okay? He said, yeah, I'll be fine. Smiled. I said, well, I wish you well. Have a good trip, have a good time. And uh, do your country proud. Because this lady sure wasn't doing that. And it was funny because I'd already looked at what the scripture was supposed to be for this morning and the story about the judge who has, doesn't believe in God, has no respect for God, doesn't give a hoot about people. And here's this lady who apparently didn't give a hoot about anybody but her own sweet self. And I thought, they have to be related somehow along the line. Now mind you, this judge is not to be uh, taken lightly he is indeed a pain in the neck he doesn't care he's in this job because he got appointed by some politician somewhere along the lines and he may or may not be doing what the politician told him to do we have no idea we know how some judges are in our own day and age we've seen it through the years we've also seen people like this judge from time to time pop up in history and end up in public office in a variety of different ways always causing trouble always not getting the work done always embarrassing the country always making us feel like we wish his term would end very soon now i'm not going to fill in any gaps here ladies and gentlemen this is not a political statement this is a statement of fact this is what happens to peep to us when somebody likes this like this gets into office and it is not a good thing well then along comes this lady another lady this woman has got a case she needs Matlock or somebody like him. She needs somebody to be her lawyer and to, tell, and to help her out 
in getting this case into court, but they don't have that kind of system necessarily in those days. So she's got to get a hold of the judge, and there's no telephones, and there's no internet, so there's no way to contact him except to go right up to him, get into his face and say, hey, when are you going to listen to this case? I'm getting tired of this. It's my money and I want it now. No, that's a, never mind, that's a commercial. <laughs> You've seen those, all the opera, never mind. Anyway, here she is. She wants her case tried. She wants to get a decision, and she's the, he's the only one that can do it. She's basically got a problem to deal with. This isn't going to be easy. And so she persists. It reminds me of my mother. My mother was a persistent woman. Though I never did shave off my beard, she wasn't persistent enough on that case. Did I cut my hair? Yes, mother. But anyway, another story. This woman was persistent. She wasn't going to give up. And she kept on, and finally this guy, who had all the power in the world, he could have let this go on for years. He could have ignored her forever if he wanted to, except that he finally got tired of her nagging him, as he says in, in Clarence Jordan's translation, almost nagging him to death. And finally, he hears her case. We don't know what it's about. Clarence translates it that it's some about uh, a person that she has a case against. It could have been she had a case against another person or a business or some kind of other situation, and it just needed to be taken care of. It needed to be worked on. It needed to, to have that final call from the judge. And he finally gave up and gave in and heard her case. This is a weird parable. This is one of those strange parables when, you, when a lot of preachers look at it, they think to themselves, why is it here? What's it about? And they have to listen to what Jesus is saying after that when he makes the comment about how God treats us with prayer. You ever notice that when you can pray about something, it sometimes takes God a long time to get around to it? I had a friend back in, uh, back in Lewisburg, Kansas, an older man named Ivor Blomberg. No, Star Ivor Starry, Starry. Wrong, wrong one. They were totally different guys. Old Ivor would get, his, uh, get pieces of styrofoam, and he would make everybody little round to it. 91 years old, and this was his gift to the community, always giving people that and a fabulous museum about Lewisburg, Kansas, and always giving people round to it. I think I still have one at home somewhere. But I, it, the whole thing is he finally got around to it. God may get around to it eventually, or we just need to be patient. Jimmy Carter, remember him? He's been married a long time. 95, something like that, amazing. No, I'm not endorsing him for president yet. But at any rate, we, I digress. It's, it, it's a matter of Mr. Carter being asked the question one time after his, he'd been in office, it's been many years since he was in office, of course, when finally some reporter asked him the golden question how much he prayed when he was president. Well, after the, uh, after the Iranian, the, our American embassy was taken over in Iran and that whole revolution started, he says he prayed a great deal. That's been a long time ago. Sarah was was a, had just been born when that took place. That's a very long time ago, isn't it, Sarah? But anyway, at any rate, there's this, there, there's this whole episode that he had to go through as president. He had lots of other things going on. He had some people on his staff that were really a lot of fun to work with, not. And he prayed a lot, he said. And the reporter then asked him, well, Mr. President, do you believe God answers prayer? And he said, yes, I do. I believe God answers prayer in four ways. Yes, no, wait, and you've got to be kidding. I wish I'd said that. But Mr. Carter 
hit the nail on the head. Because all of us have had prayers that we've put out there where God has immediately come to us and said, yes. There have been prayers where God says, no. And there are prayers where God says, wait. And there are prayers where God says, you've got to be kidding, and we need to think about those ourselves, too. I remember, I'm reminded of the story. You've heard these, and I'm going to repeat them again because I, the older I get, the more I like to repeat old jokes when they're good. The, the guy who uh, wanted to win the lottery, and he kept praying to God, please let me win the lottery, and week after week, month after month, year after year, he kept praying, praying please, God, let me win the lottery, and God finally comes to him and says, look, you were going to win the lottery, make it easier on me, buy a ticket. And another one is the guy who's caught in a rainstorm, the floods are coming. Hey, this is fitting for today, isn't it? The rains are coming down and things are getting really tough and God tells this guy in a dream, don't worry, I'm going to take good care of you, son. You're going to be just fine. Don't worry about the storm coming. So the storm comes and he finds himself on the porch and there's water rising up almost to the top step. A guy pulls up in a pickup truck and says, come on, get in, I'll get you to safety. Nope, God's going to take care of me. Next thing you know, a few hours later, he's up on the, he's up on the roof of the house. And a guy comes by in a rowboat and says, get in the boat, we'll get you to safety. Nope, nope, God's going to take care of me. And finally, he's up on top of the roof. Way to the very pinnacle. And finally a helicopter comes by and lowers down a, a ladder and says, take the ladder, I'll get you to safety. No, no, it's all right. God's going to take care of me. Well, the man drowns, stands before God, and God looks at him and says, what's wrong? What, what happened? Why, why, why did this happen at all? And the guy said, well, it's your fault. You said you were going to take care of me. And, and God said, well, man, what do you expect? I sent you a truck and a rowboat and a helicopter. Am I out of jokes yet? Oh, no, I'm, no, no. I got one more, but I'm going to save it for later. When we deal with prayer, we have to remember that God loves for us to pray. It means we've taken time out of all of our busy schedules and all the crazy things we've got to do and we turn our minds, our hearts to God and ask Him, talk to Him, ask Him to be involved in our lives, especially when there's something serious we need to deal with or when there's something, a great joy to be celebrated, whatever the case may be. And Jesus is telling, them, telling his, his disciples and telling us, be patient. God's not like this this judge he's not going to just drag you on forever just take your time listen pray to God your prayers will be answered I mentioned a lot of preachers are not too crazy about this particular passage and so they jump to the last line which says will the son of man find faith when he returns good question every preacher loves to dive into this one it's so much fun to talk about what will God find when God comes back even those of us that aren't too given to the to talking about the apocalypse and the final the last days and the end of time we get a kick out of this passage too because those that other series of stuff that Jesus is talking about sometimes you just don't quite know what to do with it but here's the, the scoop. I have a feeling, this is between you and me personally, this is, you know, you don't, if, if you say, tell somebody I said this, I'll probably deny it. But do you ever get the impression that when God, when Jesus returns, he's not going to find so much faith as he's going to find religion? What do you mean? Aren't they the same? No, they're not the same. Faith, faith is that thing that steps out and, and believes even against all odds that something's going to be good, that things are going to turn out well. Faith is believing that there, that there is God, that love is the most powerful thing in the universe, even when there are people in this world who, can, who continually show us and tell us by word and deed that love is, no, is not powerful, that money, that oil, that possessions, that power, those are the things that matter, not love. 
Will he find faith when he returns? No, he'll find a lot of religions with a lot of rules and a lot of regulations and a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts and a lot of things that'll tell you what women can do and can't do in the church and what the men should be doing and shouldn't do in the church and to keep the children quiet and all kinds and you shouldn't wear your hair long and, or, and you should always wear a hat in church. How many ladies brought your hats today? It says it right there in the scripture. Don't go giving me any light. No, never mind. That was always ridiculous. Grandma had the cutest little pillbox hat that she wore. And it, it was cute, but it just was too small for her. We'd say, why did you wear, why did you wear that hat, Grandma? It's cute, but it doesn't look that. She said, I know. I don't like that passage either. I hope he finds faith. He finds that we are still amazed by things like sunrises and sunsets. I hope that he finds that we are still absolutely crazy about each other and so willing to love each other as Jesus taught us to. I hope he finds that we are a people who are not wanting to simply live by religion and do what the religion says as if that's going to get us into heaven or any place else but that he finds us living as Jesus taught us to live, being the people Jesus taught us to be, taking care of each other, which is in my heart and mind the total purpose of life anyway. Jesus never told his disciples, live by the rules. No. He told them, go ahead and eat grain on Sabbath. Pull it off the, pull it off of the, uh, uh, out of the fields and eat it right now, right where it is. Go ahead and we can heal people on the Sabbath. We can do things even though others were saying to him, the guys that like the rules so much, you can't do that. That's not one of the rules. But in his mind, taking care of each other was, and loving each other, that's what faith is all about. Whisper a prayer in the morning, whisper a prayer at noon, whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. Let us pray. We thank you, O God, for passages of Scripture like this that boggle the preacher's minds, that make us to think, we thank you, dear God, for the persistence that you've built into our humanity to seek justice not only for ourselves but for others, to realize that faith is more important, that loving each other is most important, that being like Christ and living our lives as he teaches us is the way to live. We pray these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. This is our hymn of invitation. If you'd like to become a part of the congregation, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come as we sing together. Number 339, Just As I Am.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Father God, creator of all good gifts, we thank you for this beautiful, albeit wet, autumn Sabbath, <coughs> excuse me, and for the blessings that you have showered on us. Remind us to share our blessings with those who have less than we do. Help us to minister to those in need, to comfort the grieving, to befriend the outcast, to feed the poor, to visit the ill. Most of all, help us to spread your bountiful grace and unconditional love to all with whom we are in contact. We pray for the family of Elijah Cummings, who gave his time and talents in the House of Representatives, championing the causes of democracy, not only in this country, but around the world. We also pray for all of our government officials that they serve our country with the good of all in mind. We pray for the peoples affected by wars and hatred, for the Syrian peoples, especially the Kurds, who fought with us to push back ISIS and now find they are being deserted when they need most the help. We pray for the people of Yemen who are starving and have been driven from their homes while the senseless fighting continues. We pray for the community of Fort Worth as it once again deals with police force violence. Bring us all together to find a solution that will finally put an end to unnecessary killings. Within our own community, we pray for those who are ill, who await tests or surgeries, and seek your healing powers. Give us comfort, hope, and strength to endure what lies ahead. Grant us peace in knowing that you are always with us in times of need. Comfort those who have lost a loved one, family member, or friend. Fill our hearts with the peace in knowing that Christ himself conquered death for us all. For all these petitions and those unmentioned, we pray in the name of your greatest gift, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorites. Once a man, they thought him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Think about this kind of madness, the madness of generosity, the opportunity to share, the opportunity to change the world by who we are, by what we possess, by the talents we've been given. With these thoughts in mind, including how much God has given us. Let's now give and receive our morning offering.
With loving hearts, O oh God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to share. We give you thanks for what we have and for what we are and all the talents we possess. We thank you most for having opportunities to put them to good work, to change the world, especially for those who need all the help they can get. Bless these, our gifts, bless the givers, as you always do in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The invitations have been sent. <laughs> the invitations have been sent. The opportunity is here. The table is ready. And now it's time for us to come forward and receive the bread and the cup and be reminded once again of what it means, not only for us, but for all who believe, and even for the entire world. So let's join in together in song number 403 in our hymnals after which we will celebrate together this sacred feast. For we remember, as we've been reminded all these years, that on the night when he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. In the same way, after, after supper, he took the cup and gave it to them, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Take and drink you all of it. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today with our hearts open and trusting. Just as a small child believing in your faith, we come to see and worship you with a renewed sense of wonder and awe. We cannot turn against the Christian faith. We must continue to believe in the things we have been taught and to always trust in your son, Jesus, and why he willingly died for our sins. 
Help us keep true to your word by feeding us with patience so that we can stand steady to do what is righteous. With this bread and this cup, let us break down the barriers of injustice by empowering those that need your powerful word in their hearts. May they hear us shouting to do good for all and guide them to change their wrong ways. Thank you, Lord, for always loving us, no matter what we have done wrong. Amen. Join us. We invite everyone gathered today to come forward and receive this bread and this cup. Take a piece, dip it into the cup, and receive the Lord's blessings. Let us come together now. Let us pray. Be with those who can't be here with us this morning for whatever reason and keep them safe in the palm of your hand. It is so good to be in your house, O oh God, to gather around this table, to share the good news, to sing praises to you, to be in fellowship again with one another. We thank you for this church, for all that it has been and all that it is and all that it will become. Remind us to always pray for this church and for our pastors. Hold them all safe in the palm of your hand. And hear us as we pray as Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, for, thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for putting up with my rantings. It's been a pleasure once again to share the good news with you and to share this time in worship. I forgot to do something. May the force be with you. Thank you. I can't do a service without that here. In the meantime, let's join together in our final hymn. We're marching to Zion, after which we'll have our benediction. Let's all stand and join all who are able and join in singing.
And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen.